Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And I'm CJ. And together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. It's Friday. It's Friday night here in Houston. It's hot as hell. Uh, August is a tough month in Houston because the weather gets like, it just, like this morning. So I get up at at, um, 530 and I do some stuff. And then at six, I walk my dog a little after. And um, it's 80 degrees at 6 a.m. It's horrible. So um, today, I thought we would, this is this is CJ's and my um, first kind of alone podcast recording for Sober Sisters, although MG's there. She's over in the corner and not talking. She's engineer today. Um, as we do this transition, you know, because MG's going to go back to school and... Um, you know, it's just a lot to try to do everything, and um, I think CJ's a perfect person to fill in um, for however long it's going to take, and so we're going to just um, talk a little bit about our sobriety, the gifts of pro- the program, and, you know, what I, you know, one of the things I did want to start with is that I have been so blessed doing this podcast, and um MG brought it up, I don't even know, like two or three years ago, sitting on my couch over there, and said, I want to do a podcast. And I was like, well, let's do it. And it was like, you know, within a couple of weeks, we were recording. And the things that it's given me is um, something to do on Friday night. And not just something to do, but something really important. It's like an appointment for me. It's, a, it's a, an engagement, um, a responsibility. And I'm here, and I'm on, and I'm ready to talk about sobriety. And, you know, it just makes Fridays and the weekend the focus of my sobriety. So why don't you share with us something that, you know, kind of resonates with you along those lines? Like maybe something that you, you know, a sponsoring or a meeting, or I know that you do other service work. Today, I spent almost the entire day working on um, a project for Houston Intergroup. And I'm the treasurer for the Intergroup. And we are working on a mail out to send letters to therapists by the snail mail, along with a printed out listing of all of the meetings in the Houston area. And Almost all of them, with the exception of one or two, are happening on Zoom or a hybrid meeting where a few people are getting together in person. And I've been working on this project off and on 
um, at least once a month for about the past four months. And it's taught me a lot of patience because it really seemed like the simplest thing. And it probably really is. And it's been done many times in the past. And though, once we got the database of therapists and we got all of our mailing list together, we wanted the letter to look just right, have a letterhead, have a nice looking envelope, all of those things. And then it's ready to go to the printer and I've had two things that have held it up and they're both, they're both optional, yet they will, if we didn't do them, it would cost several hundred dollars more to complete this activity. One of them is to be tax exempt with the state. And we are a nonprofit, 501c3, but that's not enough. Like you have to be registered with the state comptroller in order to not pay the state sales tax. So when I found that out, I did not like what I heard. <laughs> I wanted the printer to give me some special treatment because we've been using them for years. And uh, the concept of rigorous honesty comes into play. And this literally is cash register honesty, but also not trying to sweet talk somebody or something like that, <laughs> um, which I used to do those things in the past before program. Yeah. So that's a changed behavior. And then my other uh, thought was like, oh, we can't wait any longer. You know, we've been waiting for months. All the meetings are gonna go back in person. Clearly that's not happening with the Delta variant and the rise of um, people becoming infected with COVID again here in Houston and across the country. So anyway, all of this to say, I've learned a lot of patience in the program compared to um, what it was like with the stress and the deadlines in corporate America. And I get um, a lot of character building through my service as treasurer. It also helps me work on just being comfortable with money. I took both of my children, uh, my uh, boys that are 14 and almost 12 to the bank yesterday. They took their cash. One of them opened a checking account. So he's gonna have his own debit card and he uh, created his own pin number and his I signature. And then my other son, he's not old enough he'll have to be 13 to get the checking, but he gets his savings account. So that's what I've been doing today. But what I wanted to say, all of that, we'll have to edit it out, is that when it was time to come here, I went to the store, I got a bag of ice, a couple of um, eight packs of different flavors of LaCroix. I was out there looking for Topo Chico in a bottle. Kroger was completely sold out. I fixed up my cooler. I was driving over here to MG's place knowing that those LaCroix were getting nice and icy and cold and the sun was shining and it was Friday afternoon and I just thanked, uh, thanked my higher power that I was coming here to do this and I was sober instead of driving around Houston with a cooler full of beer in my car. <laughs> You know, and it just, it felt so much better and it just uh, was a true blessing. So I love the hot weather. I'm a big fan of Houston summers. Ugh. 
Yes. I don't mind it up until this month. This, I'm just, this, I don't like the light. I grew up in California, so it's different there when it gets really warm. But um, I did want to comment on the gratitude part because I've been, uh, I've noticed that I've really been focused on, to, you know, being grateful. Every time I come home in the afternoon and I open my door, thank God I have air conditioning. And, um, I, you know, that has, that was not always my response. And then I was watching the news today. I work in a newsroom. And so there's, you know, we have a lot of news and a lot of stuff going on and there is a lot of news and a lot of stuff going on. And I was just like, I'm so grateful that I'm not in Afghanistan or in any place where I'm trying to escape. And I just love that I can turn something like that. and just, I'm, I'm grateful. I can turn it into a gratitude statement. I would think that working in a newsroom, you must have an incredible ability to not absorb all of that and use gratitude very often to maintain a, just a, a generally good attitude because I had been feeling very off kilter this week. And when I looked at some of the behaviors that I was doing, what I noticed was I was definitely lacking in top lines and more of my uh, middle circle behaviors were coming in, such as checking the news apps more than once a day. Um, I've got school-aged children, one of which is not vaccinated. So then, you know, there's our governor and his nobody can have a mask mandate and what's HISD going to do and all of that. It's just, it's... It, it's and consuming complaining yeah and it right. can be oh you know it, it it can down it can to me and i do i have learned to you know i'm really grateful that the um the television screens there's four of them we have four of them going all the time there's four facing one way four facing the other way there's a huge one at the other end and I have my back to it and I can turn around and look and there's things that come up and that catch my eye. But, you know, for the most part, we, and we, I take the dog with me and we focus on the dog. You know, my boss came over and talked to me and said, Oh, she's on alert. You know, who's coming in, you know, and it just kind of, it's, it's, it's a distraction from, you know, what we do, but it's a healthy distraction, you know, and I, I do, love that I'm able to to take that to a place you know I'm grateful I'm so grateful that I live here and that I'm not trying to escape somewhere I also noticed when you were talking I remember working in intergroup one of the things that I learned was how to get along with other people and how to work with other people and I wish you guys could see her face right now because it is it's challenging. I mean, I have a very strong personality. So does CJ, so does MG. And so do most of the people that are in intergroup when I was there. And we all wanted our way. And I had to learn and, and I was the chair of the meetings. And so I had to learn how to, you know, please don't do that. You know, I had to even to ask people, please don't roll your eyes when so-and-so is speaking. It's very discourteous. And I had to find words that were like, that's inappropriate. You know, what I want to say is you're acting like a kid, you know, but you ha I had to learn and find ways to <laughs> communicate. 
but that kept that whole <laughs> entity rolling. And I'm sure that you've had some experience with that. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I stay. Many of my fellows that I talk to about my intergroup experiences, they'll say, well, you know you don't have to do that. Or, well, why would you do that? Why do you want to do that? Like, let somebody else do that. And my answer is no. I need to do it for my own personal growth. I need uh, to talk with people who do service in 12-step um, versus in another, you know, it's different than, to me, it's different than getting paid for work or working in an office because it is completely voluntary. But I learned so much. And for me, my previous behavior was definitely to blow up or completely shut down. And uh, masks are a good thing for me because at least they hide the bottom of my face, the <laughs> mute on my phone and Zoom is an incredible tool. Now we have intergroup by, by Zoom and most of us, we stay muted. So at least sometimes I sit on my hands. So I at least have that time to pause or if I do spout off, uh, I'm muted. So it's perfect, it's really good. It's a good learning and a lot of times I wanted to be, at the beginning especially, I wanted to show up as perfect. I wanted to have all the numbers right, have everything right. And somebody told me, like, that's not your job to show up and, you know, be a professional accountant and intergroup. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So um, that's been really good for me. And um, I was scared. I was really fearful. And that's how I knew that the treasurer position would be something I should do because it really scared me. <laughs> you know, I, I think too, there's a level of commitment when you do that job. You know, when I committed to it, I didn't understand. I, I went for a few months and then I, they had, they needed one and asked me to do it. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And, um, once I was committed, I was in and there was no, because I, I do notice, I, I talked to my sponsor about that this morning. We were talking about my dating progress and going on online dates and you know what I learn and every time I do something I learn about myself and um one of the things that I learn is that what I want to do is go like fuck this I quit I'm not doing it anymore and I just did this I dated this guy we went on two dates we were very I felt we were you know I, there was chemistry and we had things in common and um we had fun and we laughed and we went on two dates and we planned a third and it i sent him a place and i said you know check it out and see if it if it works and he said he said okay and we were on the phone he said okay i'm gonna check this out and i'll call you back and then crickets and we were supposed to go the next day nothing for 10 days and um you know, but I learned like it's a, you know, at first I was mad, you know, that he didn't have the cojones to just tell me, you know, whatever. He, 10 days later, he texted me and said he'd been dating somebody else and um, he wanted to see how that worked. So, okay. And I was like, why didn't you just tell me that? But it's like, whatever. But I learned like if I'm finding 
if I'm experiencing that more than once, that I'm showing up in that way in some way. It's mirroring to me. So I get to, you know, talk about that with the sponsor and discern and figure out what is my part? You know, what am I doing? What am I mirroring? Am I hiding something? You know, that it's just, I get to like, look at me that way. And I wouldn't do that any other, in any other instance, I might with a friend, but dating is different. And it's like, you know, working in the inner group, it's a different entity and there's a different level of commitment. And it's, you know, there's, there's some parallels there and I, it, it, it's challenging, but I'm in it, you know, I'm going to stay in it and I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep doing it because I'm learning so much about myself. Yay. <laughs> I love that perspective. I do not date. I'm married and I do not date. <laughs> Although I will say that uh, recently we went on a family vacation and my husband and I decided, well, I wanted to go and I asked him to come along to go to the casino in New Orleans. And we went. And, on a date? Yeah, on a date. It was so different because I haven't been to the casinos in ages. And if I still lived in Louisiana, I'd probably be in Gamblers Anonymous too. Yeah, casino was just a place I loved to go. And it was like all of my acting out I could get in one place. And it was perfectly acceptable. Anyway, the casino today is very different. It's non-smoking. All the machines are spread out because of COVID. Well, the first thing I thought is like I could almost smoke in a casino, you know. Not not in New Orleans, so I'm guessing that most of the casinos are non-smoking. And um, it's very spread out, so it's not all that close, close, closeness. Uh, and there weren't waitresses, the cocktail waitresses, walking the floors. You actually just order your drink very specifically. Um, I ordered my Diet Pepsi with ice from the slot machine screen and then it showed up and then they just bring it to you yeah so it was completely different it was much more enjoyable even you know it was much more enjoyable but that was the closest thing I've been uh, to a date but I like what you said about if you experience that completely not hearing from someone for a while that it's something it might be something that you're bringing and, you know, I experienced that with female friendships. I get my heart broken a lot or I get mad a lot because I expect female friendships to be so easy and just go a certain way. And that's just not the case. I mean, all relationships take work. They all take work. There's a, and there's a word that you use. So there's two words that you've used that I really like. And the first one is the perspective because so last um, week in my Monday yoga or my Tuesday or Sunday yoga, the teacher said the obstacle is the path. So the thing that's in the ways and it's like, and it helps me so much because I feel like that is exactly what I'm experiencing. Every time I go on a date that, or I have some type of experience, like, you know, he didn't, he didn't reply. He didn't respond that is my path 
and it helps me stay on it rather than to abort. And the other one is the expect I expect. And when I have expectations, um, you know, without communicating <laughs> my expectations, I can usually expect to feel some disappointment or um, some negative energy or response around that. Expectations are, what, how do they say it in, in Islam? They're a resentment uh, waiting to happen or something? They're a resentment waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah, we're not mind readers. We're not mind readers. No, and that is one of my, you know, and it's like assuming, you know, well, I I just assumed that dude would call me back and go to lunch with me on Saturday. He didn't. And I got, you know, first I was like, what the hell? Like, I couldn't figure out what I did. And, you know, then I just let it go. You know, after I heard, the obstacle is the path. So, and it's sort of like what you said when you, we were first talking, you were talking about like having the um, nonprofit or having the, the organization registered. You don't get the tax free if you don't have it registered in this certain method. It's the same thing. As you, as you walk through the process and you hit that obstacle, you went, okay, well, we need to take care of that. And it's like, that is the path. It's like, just takes you through these things where you get to like work through them. Just taking the next right action. What is the next right action? Asking higher power for what that is and doing my best to follow along. And I also had a huge breakthrough this week that during the summer, especially when we're not really in a particular routine of the kids being in school which I love the freedom. I really love the freedom. And at the same time, I will get out of my top lines routine. And before I know it, I'm not letting people know what I need. I'm not even giving myself the things I need. And I'm going into so much activity, so many fun things, but not spending time with myself, not spending as much time with higher power not trusting, not trusting. And then three months have gone by and I get to the point of, what have I been doing? What, you know, what have, I haven't gotten anything done and that's not really the case. But speaking of yoga, I connected with a yoga um, teacher of mine and she asked me, well, what do you want for the rest of the year? And it was easy at first to be like, oh, I don't know. But I really did know. So I got my notebook out and I took this one page and I wrote down the things. What I want for the rest of 2021. And um, I'll show you here on the Zoom screen and MG can see. But I got a whole lot of stuff I want to get done. And it is not a checklist of fill out this form and, you know, do this and do that. But it's this podcast. Look at grad school. Look for a part-time job. Ride a bike, get my dog a backpack so I can carry my dog with me, get back into my yoga routine, walking, running, um, step work, sleep. You know, I mean, I have a lot of things that I want to do, um, not just to maintain, but also improve. There's some uh, 300 hour yoga teacher training going on right now, and I want to take a class in Sanskrit. Uh, there's just a lot of great service opportunities. 
Um, and I also put, you know, I want to repay my stepdad this loan that I took out um, a long time ago before I got sober. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So, I love that question. It's, it goes back to the question, Elizabeth, that you often ask, what do I want? What do you want? Yeah. What and, do you want? And for me, I know what I have learned is that I have to put a time frame on it. That's very helpful for me. I have to put a time frame on it. And a lot of these things have been on my list for a long time, but um, I just love it that I have more to say these days than I don't know. The other thing I wanted to mention was back before I was sober in SLAA, I could have worked, I could have worked in the newsroom and I still think I would have been completely oblivious to everything that was going on. And the reason I say that is because I would say at the height of my acting out, there was a presidential election <laughs> that happened and it was a critical election and I have no recollection of it whatsoever. This time around, I was very involved uh, I mean, for me, very involved, right? I mean, I talked to my kids about it, but I also did the postcards to send out, you know, on behalf of the candidate that I supported. Went to um, early voting, really posted a lot on social media. I actually had an opinion about who would lead our nation. And I never had that before. In fact, I thought that was just I mean, I would go to the polls and I would vote, but it was completely uninformed and there was no passion there. And so that's been a definite gift of sobriety is being able to watch what's going on in the news, stay, you know, keep my boundaries about it, but also like want to help people in ways that I can, want to be involved, just participating in life. And I did not have any interest in that before. All I cared about was when was the next time that I was gonna get with my qualifier? Um, you know, when was it, do, you know, go get my How nails done. How orchestrated, the where is he? Thing. Not, yeah. All of that energy, all of that time, all of my abilities, my mind, that's all I cared about. And so I do, in some ways, feel like I have escaped from, <laughs> from a, a country where I was oppressed um, even though it was by my own choice, right? I, it was my own doing. And uh, I, I'm so grateful for that today. I'm just grateful to have an opinion. I'm grateful to have my list of what I want. I'm so grateful, like, just to be in y'all's presence. That's a ditto for me. So we've gone through quite a few gifts. We've talked about gratitude. We've talked about awareness, perspective, expectations, service work. Learning how to work with others. The gift of triggers. <laughs> um, how to work in a in a volatile situation and you know separate yourself. What do you want to be really clear about what you want and intentional around it? And the obstacle is the path, and it's not the place where I need to abort. Right. The magic is in the thing that I'm avoiding. The only way around resistance is through it. Every time. All of these things are true. Well, I appreciate so much everything you had to share and your candid. 
um, statements and remarks and opening up and we will um, come back here next week and share more of our sobriety. I don't think it'll be on the gifts of the program, but we'll come up with something or maybe we'll have a guest or, you know, we'll figure something out. We'll have a good. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of ideals that I want to to share with you and get your feedback on guests that I've imagined in the past. Oh, if I hosted that podcast, here's who I would have on. And so that's coming true. And if I don't act out before next Tuesday, I'll have three years of continuous sobriety. So we could talk about that. That's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, dear listeners. Bye. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.